Life can throw a lot at you. But imagine if your life were different, better, not because of what's coming at you, but because of what's coming from you. Let's get there together. Join us and imagine yourself. Hello there, everyone out there. I'm Lene. <laughs> what? Hello there, everyone out there. I'm Lene. And I'm Sandy. And Lene, are you feeling all right today? Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. You just don't seem your perky self. I'm I'm trying to be perky. Um, I'm good. I think you're trying to act weird. Why are you doing that? Are you criticizing me? Are you criticizing the way that I'm opening? I mean, I'm just doing the best I can. Okay. Yeah, I guess I am criticizing a little bit, only because I know that usually when we open our podcasts, you are very cheerful. Hi, I'm Lene, and I say, and I'm Sandy, and then I say, and Lene... What are we imagining today? So I'm imagining that you've got something up your sleeve. Oh, yeah. <laughs> today we're imagining ourselves accepting criticism like a boss. <laughs> How'd I do? Great. That is exactly what I wanted. A little constructive criticism. You didn't beat me over the head with criticism. You just reminded me of the cheerfulness that is usually present to begin our podcast. Right? That's right. Yeah. I kind of figured something was up, but I <laughs> wanted to be careful because it's a tricky thing criticizing people and it's a tricky thing accepting criticism as well, which you did very nicely. Thank you. I don't mind a little criticism every once in a while because I now know after a little bit of life lessons, the biggest room in the world is room for improvement. Oh, I like that. <laughs> you did like you that? make that quote or did you steal I that? I wish. That's one of those bam, drop the mic quotes. It's from Helmut Schmidt. And I love it. The biggest it room in the world is the room for, for improvement. improvement. Yes. And if we could all embrace that. Then we could really use criticism, constructive criticism, as a way to enhance our lives and enhance our talents as opposed to being frustrated and sad and defensive. Defensive. That is the key, I think. And I struggle with this as well, especially when it comes to personal relationships, husband and wife sort of things, or just relationships sometimes in general, is I react negatively to you're not doing that correctly. <laughs> and we did a podcast before on judgment. Yes. So here's where we have to draw the difference between somebody being judgmental and somebody being constructively critical. Exactly. And also, I love the way that it goes hand in hand with, like you said, the podcast that we did on being less judgmental. And then this is the absolute flip side, accepting criticism. Exactly. Like, do you have a chip on your shoulder? Are you just waiting for someone to offend you? Are you somebody that can hear something and try to run with that and improve yourself? I think the initial reaction of most people is probably at least some defensiveness. I think that's our human reaction normally. I agree. And I also like the way you kind of mentioned that sometimes it's the more personal relationships where we get defensive and sometimes it's maybe the career ones. Different things kind of hit different people in different ways. And I think the end result of everything that we talk about today is to try to categorize where we fall short on accepting criticism with class and also determining 
some of the situations where maybe the person who's giving the criticism, we don't have to absorb everything <laughs> that everyone puts out to us. That's true because there's constructive criticism and sometimes there's people that are just critical to be critical. Yes. And it's sometimes it's not even personal against you or sometimes they have gotten themselves in a bad habit of just criticizing everything. So we are going to kind of navigate today through all of that Ooh. so that we learn to accept criticism when necessary. So you mentioned career and I think on the job, people expect to be criticized. I mean, they have their reviews with their boss, whether it's yearly or whatever. Yes. If they're not doing a task correctly, you would hope that their manager would say something. But I am assuming, and I am not in the kind of profession where I have managed people, so I've never had to deal with this, but I've certainly been on the other side of it. Yes. You've really got to be careful how you go about criticizing, and it probably depends on the person, the employee, right? Yeah. Now, how about the biggest lesson I learned from this? I was watching another documentary. I love these documentaries now. And it was called <laughs> In Search of Greatness. And this is just one tiny piece of the documentary. But it was a coach who coached, I believe, football. And he realized that you cannot treat every player the same way. And you can't necessarily go hardcore on every player because some of them, he said, they some of them just don't have it in their makeup to take that. And it's not going to bring about the results that you want. Mm -hmm. And so you, if you really want to get the best out of your workers, out of your players, out of your family members, out of your children, you need to be mindful of how they work. And some of them... You can be very straightforward, come right at them with the things that they need to change. And others, you might need to have a gentler touch. Put a pillow down, as I have heard the expression go. You lay a pillow down, and then you say what you Drop need to the, say. Drop the, <laughs> Drop the hammer. <laughs> but um, yeah, like think of something nice that they're doing. I'm sure that in most situations, you don't just only have critical things to say about people. Very right. You say you're doing this. Great. Love this. Blah, blah, blah. As long as you need to do it until maybe you see them lighten up a little bit. And then you, and say, then you go ahead and say, however, <laughs> however, there are dot, dot, these dot. things that we do. Now, I remember my little sister. I have lots of little sisters, mm -hmm. but this is the little sister next in line by me. And when she was in nursery school, they would be evaluated with satisfactory or we're still working on it. Oh, isn't that a nice way that's, to put it? Yes. I love that. And that, even though I know that's a very elementary way of putting it, sometimes that can be effective. Now, there are people that you do just have to really come straight in the face with it. But a lot of people, we're still working on it. Or even sometimes for yourself. Do we sometimes need to tell ourselves we're still working on it and not be so hard on ourselves or so critical on ourselves. Yeah, that's another huge topic. And one I think we should probably weave into this is the self-talk, the negative self-talk and the self-criticism. And the amount that we do that may have to do with our upbringing. Some people had overly critical parents or other people in their lives, maybe big sisters, I'm not saying you, <laughs> but... but yeah. But maybe, <laughs> and but yeah. maybe they would have more of a hard time with it. I don't know. Yeah. There, well, now 
there is another aspect too. Even in the Bible, there's a section that says, search me, Lord, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there's any offensive way in me. Because it's asking to better yourself. Mm -hmm. And I like that example because it's not anything where you're trying to be brutal. But we do want self-awareness. We want self-reflection so that we can take positive steps to be a better self. Yeah. Norman Vincent Peale. Love this quote. Okay. The trouble with most of us is that we would rather be ruined by praise than saved by criticism. And wow. I know, right? I saw that. That's Boom. me. That's me. Really? Yeah. I mean, if I'm being perfectly honest with myself, I have to be really careful that I don't only listen for the good. You want to listen for the good. You want to listen for them when they put the pillow down before they criticize yes. you. But yeah, you don't grow. You don't absorb. Yes. And I think the way that you take the criticism is key, right? So we wanted to make the difference. And you alluded to this a little between someone who's actually giving you constructive criticism, whether it's a spouse or a parent or a supervisor, a friend, whatever. Yes. And sometimes the most real thing comes from your friends, right? Because they know you true. and they only, only they can say certain things, right? That's right. Especially those ones from way back, you know, friend from way back in the day situation. Yes. Yes. So it's a difference between that and then somebody like, I think you were saying, it's just criticizing to criticize. That's yes. their nature. And that's the part that I want people to try to put into boxes, into categories. There are those objective people who are, you really do respect what they say. They are wise. And this person actually probably very likely knows what they're talking about. They have our best interests at heart and they might be able to help us avoid certain pitfalls. We could benefit by implementing some of their advice and suggested changes. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, like you said, there's the person who or different types of people who they just like to sound off. They might not even really mean some of the things that are coming out of their mouth. They just idly criticize because it's a bad habit mm. that they have. And if this is you that I'm talking to, <laughs> I really urge you to please try to get rid of that habit because it actually lessens the effect when you might have something that is helpful mm -hmm. because people begin to tune you out or they should begin to tune you out because you are always giving something negative and that's just not working. No. <laughs> and, and you see people like that on social media a lot. Oh, yes. And some people get paid to be critics and okay. All right. And you know what? And some people that's part of their shtick and all that stuff. But I think day to day when not only do we see it maybe in people that are friends, family, coworkers, whatever, but we see it constantly on social media or on the news or, and everything is like critical, critical, critical. It almost becomes like, okay, well, this is normal. And so I'm going to jump right in. Yeah. That is not the way we were designed to be. We should not allow that to be normal. And we should kind of even fight for our sense of normalcy to turn to the part where, like you said, we, concentrate also on positive things. And a lot of 
even on the news, they do have, there's, my mom says now she's kind of to the point where she really likes to just listen to the end of the news with uh, David Muir, where they give the positive story Uh. of something going on in our country and people who are giving back and volunteering and doing beautiful things because she wants to filter out some of that negativity and not absorb it. Yeah. And she wants the positive part, which thank God there are still. There are some, (laughs) you have to look for it sometimes, but. To put the positive. And um, like I said, I want people to really concentrate on that as opposed to getting sucked into the negativity and going along with it themselves. Yeah, you can understand and realize that this negativity is going on, whether it be on Twitter or on the news or uh, gossiping. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. That's a whole different issue, maybe, but. It's kind of tied in. It's kind of tied in. There's there's gossiping. There's badgering people. I mean, even in court, they say stop badgering a witness. You know, <laughs> that that's a thing. And you want to make sure that you're not just doing destructive work, that you're doing helpful work. There's the other side of this, too, where there are some people. Do you know anybody who is just highly sensitive and you can never ever criticize anything they say i have run across people like that nobody is coming to my mind at the moment but i have in the course of my life certainly of course and how see, about you well that already tells i don't really have any right now i wonder if those people they don't want to be cut. around you yeah, because... and we don't want to be around them <laughs> we have cut them out of our lives because of those their name there's a now this is way before my time and way before your time but there's this song it was my mom's time. Um, All right. It's called Charlie Brown. And at the, the little end of each chorus, it's a, why is everybody always picking on me? I know Do you that, remember that Yeah, it was like from the 50s. Yes. Yeah. And there are people that just sound like that as a broken record all the time. And now that we're reflecting back, we don't have those people in our lives anymore. I mean, if it's a family member, it's a little tricky because you can't always cut out a family member. But certain friends and social relations... They get knocked out. And from the job place, if they're not trainable and they're not coachable and they're not receptive to any type of criticism. You can't work with that. Exactly. It's very difficult. So that's one extreme. And certainly there are people that are kind of on the spectrum, maybe not that far out where they can't take any criticism at all. But there are certainly... People who are just sensitive and, and there are have been times in my life and with certain relationships where I have to raise my hand and say, I've been pretty sensitive too when it wasn't called for. When it wasn't called for or when it becomes too much. Now that leads me to what does a person do? What should one do when, especially now at work, it's a little tricky, okay? Because you do have to get your performance evaluations and you kind of have to suck it up and deal with it. But in more personal relationships, what do you do when you feel that your friend or someone is just too critical of you? How do you handle it? You know, it probably depends on who it is and what kind of a person they are, and even whether they're male or female. Men and women kind of come at this a little bit differently, and it's not a broad brush. Certainly, there are exceptions. But I have found, and you can tell me what you think about this, that men tend to be a little more straightforward and matter-of-fact and let you know what's going on. And women can be more sensitive or more nuanced, or they may have more of a need to have that pillow put down, as opposed to maybe like if I tell my husband, hey, you're not making a coffee right. He is 
the last person that's going to be offended by that. Oh, okay. So you're saying that you kind of have to know your audience, right? You, know your audience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know, is it true? Do you think that's true with men and women that they tend to be a little less offended or more matter of fact than straightforward? I almost want to agree, but there's some portion of me that is screaming out. Sometimes it is more about the relationship that you have than even your gender. Because, for example, I find myself with my children telling them things very matter of fact and not cushioning it at all. And then they're like, oh, my gosh, mom, you're so harsh. And I said, well, that's your mother's job. A mother's job is to tell it like (laughs) it is because we don't want you out in the world like they do on American Idol and they think they can sing and they can. I don't want that to happen to you, my dear. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, you're preparing them for the real world. Yes. And I figure if I don't tell them, the real world will tell them and it'll be a lot harsher. And then with my husband or just, who you know, back when I had my roommate too, whoever I live with in a space living with, I'm way more snap quick to say what I feel without cushioning it at all. But I need to be mindful of that because I thought my husband's so tough and he can just handle anything and I can say things, whatever. And I'm starting to realize as we get older, some of those things land hard. And he just doesn't show it. Exactly. But later he mentioned something and I said, oh, man, he really still remembers that. That must have pinched him a bit. Yeah. More than I anticipated. You're saying that you tend to come more from the camp of being straight out at people. Now, that's with your family. But what about co-workers or friends? Everybody else. I'm just a saint. I would (laughs) never, ever say anything that would be too harsh. I see. Well, that's probably not unusual for people. But do you think looking at your the way you parent or the way that you are at home, do you think you should be putting more pillows down or do you think that's okay the way you're doing it? I think that this whole conversation has actually made me become more conscious about the times that I need to put the pillow down and the times that I need to keep doing it the way that I'm doing it. Like a case-by-case basis. Yes. So let's flip the script a little bit and go to what we initially talked about. We're the recipient now of the criticism as opposed to how we're giving it, whether we're putting pillows down or not. We are going to get criticism at work, at home, on the Internet. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately. Yes. Things are going to come at us from different ways. And it's up to us how we react to it. What do you think are some good skills Other than the fact that you've already said we need to look at who's saying it. Is it a close friend? Do they care about you? Or is it just somebody sounding off? Is there anything else we can do to absorb it? There's the part of sometimes not absorbing it. Yeah, Um, right. Ignoring it completely, which can be maybe easier said than done. But there's fully ignoring it. There's accepting it. There's accepting portions of it. I almost feel like, and I don't know if this is getting too way out there. But I feel like if we had the ability to take in criticism, put it in a box, observe it as if we were a scientist, and decide which parts of it we want to use for our betterment and which parts we want to leave in the box, or which parts we're just not ready to handle yet, that Mm. we know that we probably do need to work on this, but I'm just not emotionally ready to accept that criticism yet. So I'll leave it in the box and come back to it. Yeah. I really, 
I, maybe this is just me, but I really do believe in boxes and compartmentalizing all types of things, whether it be, I mean, this goes for me, it goes for painful things that were said to me or done to me at different times. I like to put in a box and I know that I'll come back to it and I'll evaluate it when I'm emotionally able to do so. Right. Now, that's a good strategy. So uh, let's put a little practical application here. Let's say you are, we'll put it a work situation because it's probably going to be the most common the for a lot of people. Yes. That, that, that's going to happen more on a daily basis than anything else, right? Yes. As long as you have a boss. If you're your own boss, you're in your own company, fine. But if you've got a boss, there's a good chance that uh, something you do is going to hit you. And let's say that your boss criticizes something that you thought you did a particularly good job on. You worked really hard on this project. And in comes your boss. And let's say he doesn't put any pillows down. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I'm sorry, but this is not what management is looking for or just blah, blah, blah. And maybe he even throws in a little cutting thing. Yes. What do we do with that? Again, from my perspective, <laughs> yes, I put doctor. it in my box. <laughs> and I immediately... Linnea is not a doctor. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Dr. Linnea. No, I put it in my box and I immediately remove that cutting comment. Because there's no place for it. I don't need it. It's not serving me well. Then, of course, I evaluate the things that that they said. And here's the problem. Because even though I truly believe that I did a job well done and that that was spot on, they didn't. They're the boss. And I need to be able to adapt. Right. And I need to be able to look at what they said and learn to adapt. And even I can keep a little piece of it still in there, too, that I'll always know in the future when I'm off with my own business, mm-hmm. maybe I will go consider going back in and doing things the way that I'd done it before. But for the purposes of me working at that business and what they're requiring, I need to be able to adapt. That's my take on it. So you need to separate yourself and you need to remove the personal part of it out Because they always say it's nothing personal. Nothing personal. And sometimes that is true. Like I said, that's why that cutting remark is the first to go. Because I took that personally. It's not serving me. It's not going to help me be a better employee. So there you go. Yeah. Fortunately, I've never had to deal with a boss that has been that. But I have certainly heard stories and know that that's not a tactic that's never used. Let's put it that way. Right. Sometimes bosses feel like that's a good way to drive you. But it goes back to the personality type that you were yeah, talking about Yeah, to all before. you bosses out there, please don't use that as your technique. <laughs> Just an FYI. <laughs> right. So, okay. So, and then now let's do another one. Let's do a personal one. And this is sometimes harder, right? They're all hard. They're all hard. They? I They're know. They're all hard. Let's say you just got married. And this is hard because... People who have never lived together before are not going to have the same kind of ways of doing things. Yes. You do laundry a certain way. And I don't know. How many ways can you do laundry? Maybe this is a bad example. Maybe cooking. How about cooking? Cooking. Cooking. Oh, cooking. You don't cook like my mama cook. You don't cook like mama cook. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. You don't brown the chicken the way I like it browned. Why are you cooking it like that? See. What's wrong with you? That's another one where if you can manage to separate out, and you can even do it like when I'm cooking for myself and my spouse is out of town, I'm going to cook it that way that I always did. But as a loving gesture, I will go ahead and try 
their way. Yeah. Why not? Because so so that's another thing. Criticism has been a wonderful impetus in this world. Restaurants sometimes get better because of critics or criticism. Broadway shows, if if no one ever had a critic in the audience, it, it may not it may become stagnant. Mm-hmm. All kinds of things like that. Recipes, family recipes even. We've been doing it this way forever. Well, maybe if you add a little pinch of cinnamon to your chili, it might make it get that little extra kick. Really? Cinnamon? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Yes. I didn't realize we're getting recipe tips on this podcast, yes, but there yes, you have it. Yes. I'm also a nutritionist and a chef. A master, no. <laughs> doctor, <laughs> and a doctor. Master chef. I'm everything. That's right. I'm every woman. <laughs> nah, and suck a con yes. as well, apparently here. Yes. Singer. No, no but, but so, so that's what I'm getting at. If we can, like you said, take the emotion out of it for a bit, we might get... So then we have two different types of chili. I have chili that I make for myself, and I have chili that I make for my spouse and his crew, you know, his family who comes by. It's okay to have extra, to have enhancements, to have different sides of yourself. And it just comes down to how we take criticism. So do we have takeaways on taking criticism? Oh, See what absolutely. We have, yes. Okay. You ready? So takeaways, otherwise known as how you can do a better job of handling folks telling you how you can do a better job. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> okay. Number one, accept the fact that you are still a work in progress. Remember, we're still working on it. We're still working on it. And that, that's a it, way yeah. better way to think of it than I suck right now. Um, okay. so yeah, <laughs> we're still working on it. Also, remember that part about you must determine whether the person giving this advice or criticism is a valid source or not. If their motives are based out of jealousy, which is a thing, mm-hmm. or ignorance mm-hmm. or meanness <laughs> um, or they just love criticizing and that's just a bad habit that they have, then we need to learn to fully ignore their criticisms. And we want to make sure that we are not that person who does that also. Right. Please. If you're criticizing yourself, please make sure that you look into your own motives because you want to climb out of any mindset that that is negative and you want it to only be things that bring forth positive change, you know? Yeah. Good self-awareness, good self-reflection, not just beating yourself upside the head. And the last thing we talked about this in another podcast about tweaking yourself, <laughs> not, not twerking yourself, <laughs> which is a really funny visual, but um, yes. tweak yourself, tweaking yourself. Don't twerk yourself. Yeah. So, but just don't let it go all out of hand. Right. Just a little bit. <laughs> just yeah. a little And so tweak is, I love that word, actually. It's a good word because it doesn't mean that you have to overhaul and be a brand new person and that this person that you are right now is just disposable. It just means you need a little few tweaks here and there and a little criticism, a little tweak here and there can be good. Inventions in this country, in this world, were because of little tweaks and little Mm. improvements to previous things. We were hot, and then we had fans, and then we had air conditioners, Mm -hmm. and who knows what we'll have next. But, you know, it's just improvements. What if somebody had said, this fan invention, wasn't it good enough for you? Come on. See? So sometimes we can actually benefit 
from air conditioning. Yep. Criticism can definitely lead to improvement. And I love this quote I just found from William Gilmore Sims, who said, the dread of criticism is the death of genius. Oh, yeah. So that ties right in. I mean, literally so many things. If people had been too sensitive to take criticism, we would be without so many advancements and innovations and I love that quote. People probably are all over tech blogs criticizing phones and stuff and or whatever the latest tech is that comes out. And I would assume Apple and other companies looks at that stuff. They and... continue to try to, to get to the next level. Yeah. You don't want to stay stagnant at the same level. Because, okay, so how about this? If you stay at the same level and you already know everything there is to know, boom, I may as well just... Have a flip phone. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> iPhone 3. I, I was going to say may as well just be done with life because I already know everything. But yeah, that flip phone thing. Phone is life, right? Don't want to yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So yeah, that's where we are. If we can just lower the sensitivity just a bit and actually accept some of the criticism. And we can imagine ourselves being... How would you put it? Less susceptible to criticism or, oh, come on, you're so eloquent. How are we going to imagine ourselves, Dr. Lene? Imagine yourself secure enough to accept constructive criticism and use it to develop your very best self. Thanks for listening. Now we'd like to hear from you. Got an idea for the show? Want to share your story or just say hello? Make sure you connect with us. You can do that at imagineyourselfpodcast.com. And we'll talk to you again next time when we have something new to imagine.